0: what's going on people it's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the rambling mind podcast how are each and every single one of y'all doing today i hope y'all are doing well i hope y'all are staying safe man we got a lot of news to get to this time around there's a lot to get to this week we have A bunch to get to. It's a lot to get to. And this episode is going to be a little bit different because at the same time that I'm recording the podcast, I'm trying to do something special. I went on YouTube and I decided, you know what, let's go live. Let's try this whole live thing. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much for checking out the podcast. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, Drop a comment, let me know where y'all are watching from, it would be very, very much appreciated. For everybody else listening to this podcast after the fact, thank you to each and every single one of y'all for checking out the podcast. But anyway, we got so much to get into. We got the fact that we have new trade agreements, we got some new IPO news from Airbnb, we got the fact that the virus is surging once again, we got some coronavirus vaccine news that's beautiful but like we like to do it every single week we start off with the question of the week and the question for this week is what is a free trade agreement what is a free trade agreement put that down in the comments if you're watching online if not we'll talk about that in a little bit when we get to it but we start with this everybody in this entire thing forgot everything else because the biggest news of the week is Tesla. Yes, Tesla dominating every single headline. Tesla is finally getting added to the S&P 500. They're finally being allowed it into the exclusive club of blue chip stock companies. They're being added to a very limited group of companies, even though it's not that limited because it adds about 500 companies on there. But regardless, it's kind of like the ultimate stamp of approval that you can have when you have a company and tesla finally got its tap of approval by being added to the s&p 500 now first of all for anybody who's asking what is the s&p 500 first of all where have you been where have you been it means you haven't been listening to the rambling mind podcast But if this is your first time around these parts, thank you so much for listening. We welcome all newcomers around these parts. As a matter of fact, go ahead and subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening to this thing on. It would be very much appreciated. But the S&P 500 stands for a stock market index that tracks the 500 best companies in the United States. Sometimes it's more than 500. Right now it's about 505 companies, but regardless, it is the 500 biggest and best companies in the United States. Who decides who gets on the stock market, gets on the S&P 500? Well, they have a committee called the Standards and Poor's Dow Jones Committee. They get together. They look at all the factors that you need to have in order to join the join the uh, the index and then they add you into the index. If they want you to be in the index, it is seen essentially as the stock market itself. A lot of times when people are saying, oh, my God, the stock market is up today or the stock market is down today. Usually they're referring to the S&P 500. Sometimes they're referring to the Dow Jones, but most of the time they're referring to the S&P 500 index. So, Tesla being added to the index basically is a stamp of approval that Tesla is a worthwhile company to be invested in. Of course, with this news, Tesla stock completely went to the moon. It got on a SpaceX rocket and went all the way to Mars before we can even go to Mars. But regardless, it was launched. It went just like the SpaceX rocket that was launched on Sunday that went to the moon. Well, Tesla went past the moon, went all the way to Mars. Actually, they didn't go to the moon. They just went to the International Space Station. But regardless, the fact is, it was big. It was very, very big. Getting into the S&P 500 is not that easy. There are certain requirements that you have to meet in order to get into the S&P 500. Think of it like the minimum requirements for you to even get a job interview. And those minimum requirements are... Your shares must be, of course, must be a public company. You must be a publicly traded company. You must be at least worth $8.2 billion. And shares must be easily traded on like the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. You must be a United States company. And at least 50% of your stock must be available for public trading. Now, this is the hard part for most people that are trying to join the S&P 500 to meet the minimum requirement. And the minimum requirement is you have to have at least positive earnings in the last five or four quarters. Tesla actually did it for the last five quarters. And that was the most difficult thing for Tesla because if y'all, if you have been listening to me at all on any of the podcasts we've done in the past, one of the things that Tesla struggled with was profitability. For years, Tesla has not been able to be profitable. But now, however, it was finally profitable. So that was the minimum stuff that you have to meet in order to get on the S&P 500. Those are the minimum requirements that you need to meet if you wanted to join the S&P 500. And it met those minimum requirements. But just because you meet the minimum requirements doesn't mean that you're going to get the job, right? Everybody goes for different job interviews. We meet all the requirements. They look at our resume and they say, okay, we would like to interview you. And basically Tesla got to the interview stage. And the first time around, Tesla didn't get added. That was last quarter. Tesla didn't get added a lot of people lost faith in it but a lot of people was like oh how dare they not add Tesla to it but regardless Tesla is in it now this is like a early Christmas gift to Elon Musk Tesla will be added to the S P 500 by December 21st is what all the news outlets say so this is big news it's massive news for anybody who's a tesla investor It's massive news for anybody who follows tesla as a company it's just overall massive 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 all around and because of this news elon musk actually became the third richest man in the world passing both zuck and bill gates which is just amazing but Apart from Tesla actually joining, in order for Tesla to join the index, somebody has to come off the index. So let me know, who do you think will actually be removed from the S&P 500? My money right now is on some of the oil companies that are on there that have been failing on the bottom 500. So we'll see though. We'll see who actually gets to be on the S&P 500. Keeping up with the news of stocks, we have another big one. We had an IPO from Airbnb. Airbnb is one of those companies that we have been waiting for. We've talked about it in the past. We have been waiting for it and waiting to see if they're actually gonna launch something, if they were actually gonna go public. And finally on Monday, they filed an S1 to go public on the NASDAQ. An S1, for anybody who's wondering, is a public is a document that shows my bad. An S1 is a document that private companies have to file to go pump public. Think of it as if you're trying to make a business, you have to create an LLC. Basically, the, the S1 is the version of showing your past earnings for your business. This way, people who want to invest in your business have an idea of how well your business has been doing. Well, backstory on your favorite way to rent out a stranger's house as your vacation pad. We talked about Airbnb earlier this year, they were going to supposed to go public around March, April, but that has to be canceled because of a certain something called the coronavirus that has been ruining and canceling basically everything this year. Because of that, Airbnb got hit very hard. It had to lay off about 25% of its employees and it lost about 72% of its revenue in the second quarter. But then, much like the Heat during the playoffs, who just never knew when to give up until they ran into the Lakers, they just keep making a comeback. Airbnb made a nice, nice comeback in the third quarter, actually making a profit of over $200 million showing that they are a very resilient company and they can move with the changes of the time. Even when they can't make that much money with people traveling all over the place like they normally would, they were able to pivot their business for long-term investments, which means Airbnb is a company that's going to be around for a long time. They know how to evolve themselves. They know how to shake themselves. They know how to do things in ways that other companies may not be able to do. And so it's a very, very, very massive IPO that a lot of people have been looking forward to. It's so big as a matter of fact that it's estimated that Airbnb is going to raise about $1 billion from its IPO. Why is it a big deal that I say that they're raising $1 billion? Typically, companies raise anywhere from 100 to $300 million when they IPO, but you can see how much people want to get into Airbnb so badly that they're willing to pay a ton of money. So, for anybody who is looking forward to a new IPO, Airbnb might be a good um, a way to go. Let me know. What do you guys think of Airbnb? Do you think that Airbnb will be here for the long term because unlike other hotels and other travel stock and other leisure stocks, Airbnb has actually been able to be profitable during this whole coronavirus pandemic unlike the others which has suffered a great deal during these times. Speaking of the coronavirus, let's get to it cases keep spiking up cases keep exploding as of yesterday i mean in one day we had over 164,000 new cases so what does that mean it means we need to do one of two things either one everyone needs to take more per- the precautions very seriously like we need to social distance we need to keep doing all the things that we know to do wear masks all those things that we know we ought to do not just because we need to protect ourselves but mainly because we want to protect other people because there are people who have to do certain jobs there are people who have to be in certain places there are people who have to do certain things to put food on the table for their family and why do we have to put them in a bad situation due to oh you know i'm tired i just want to go do what i want to do which i'm gonna be honest i was guilty because last week i was feeling the fatigue from this whole pandemic and i was feeling the fatigue of not being able to play soccer and i decided i just broke and i decided to go play soccer for the first time in months and you know it was fun i'm not gonna lie it was fun but at the same time it's very important that we still take all the precautions in place and as a matter of fact because we refuse to do what we need to do the shutdowns are being put back into place so states are beginning to limit either how many people can go into businesses or in general just shutting down certain types of businesses. We have Michigan that has started moving high schools and colleges back to online only classes. We have New York that just literally shut down right before I was about to start this podcast. I just read about that. And so schools, they're sending them back home because there's too much of a risk. New York also limited the number of people that can gather, limiting them to less than 10 people or less. The same thing is happening in Georgia Well, I won't say Georgia. In Atlanta specifically, they're limiting the amount of people that can gather together. You have to be 10 people or less. The same thing is happening in other parts of the country. But the problem is, unlike spring and summertime, when the problem was mainly in big cities, you know, people were like, oh, you know, it's not a problem. Mainly in Atlanta, the spread was bad. Mainly in New York, California, Los Angeles, that's where it was bad. But now that's no longer the case. The problem is now this is happening everywhere in the country and some of the places being hit the hardest is the rural towns is those towns that most people probably don't pay attention to most people probably don't know what is going on and so those towns are being hit the hardest with them not even having some of the things that they need in order to treat their patients because rural hospitals usually don't have the best kind of care available to them to be able to provide the care that their patients need and so those towns are being hit hard and they're having to fly out their patients. There's only so many patients that you can fly out at one in one go. And so that's one of the things that's starting to happen. It's starting to hit. The good news is death rates were not that high, but it seems like the death rates are starting to climb back on. So the biggest fear that most health officials have right now is our healthcare system is going to get overloaded just like it was earlier in the year when They have to start making decisions on who they were going to treat and who they weren't going to treat. Speaking of healthcare systems, the good news concerning the vaccine and concerning the virus is we have another vaccine candidate. Last week, Pfizer came out and announced a 90% effective vaccine for the virus, which everybody was excited and the stock market exploded and then this week, Moderna came out and said, haha, we see your 90% and we raise you 94.5% effectiveness. And so we have a better vaccine in every phase in every phase of the word than the Pfizer vaccine because this vaccine from Moderna actually allows you to store it in like regular conditions. You know, the Pfizer vaccine, you have to you have to have like Sub Zero walking around with each and every single vaccine vial because that thing needed to be stored at negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. How are you supposed to take that thing and share it to people and give those vaccines to people? Moderna's vaccine, on the other hand, can be stored in a regular freezer in a regular fridge for up to six months which is pretty pretty great if you ask me so it's good news that we're getting vaccines but regardless it's gonna be probably mid spring next year before anybody gets these vaccines or even yet it's gonna be late fall before most people will actually have taken this vaccine this is why it's so important for us to actually keep on our toes with this whole coronavirus pandemic and actually stay on our toes with this entire thing Moving on from there, and keeping our theme of staying in healthcare, Amazon just keeps on disrupting industries. Amazon just keeps on doing what Amazon does, and this week they decided, we're dropping another bomb. We are getting into the pharmacy game. Bezos locked eyes and said, you know what, the pharmacy game, we can disrupt that industry pretty easily as more and more people are getting their prescriptions not by going to their local cvs or walgreens or walmart but rather through delivery amazon has decided it's time for them to get into the game it's a perfect place with everything that's going on it's a perfect time and place for them to get into the pharmacy game so what did they do they announced amazon pharmacy if you have a prime account because of course they want you to go through prime (laughs) you pay for another reason to get another annual subscription with prime you get free two-day delivery on your prescriptions if you don't have prime you get you have to pay five dollars in order to get the two-day delivery or you can wait the extra three days and get it in five days so the service actually began this week and is available in 45 states Except for if you live in Hawaii, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, and Minnesota, which they decided we're not playing. We're not giving it to y'all just yet. With this news alone, it sent the stock of CVS and Walgreens plummeting 9 and 10% respectively. So it just tells you how powerful and how large Amazon is that just the announcement that it is getting into an industry it completely disrupts, it completely shocks and sends shockwave to other companies within that industry. That was just a big, big thing that happened this week. Not a lot of people were talking about it, but I think it's massive and it's going to play a massive role moving into the future. So, the next news is going to be on social media sites. Pretty big news, pretty big things happened on social media recently with the whole pandemic and the whole fact that we are realizing that you know what maybe we can't trust these social media sites that that much we got another social media site this one is called parlor so parlor is a new social media platform that is similar to twitter but different from twitter it is designed to be the opposite of twitter and facebook It allows anyone to say mostly anything without being slapped with a fact checking label or your post just being completely removed from the site because, you know, misinformation. Recently with the explosion of conspiracy theories and misinformation and uninformed information, Twitter and Facebook have taken massive steps to try and curb the problem. However, it sometimes feels like the way that they are curbing the problem is basically very one sided. With a lot of people on the conservative side of the aisle feeling like they only get blackballed by Twitter and by Facebook because those platforms are liberal created and people in Silicon Valley are more liberal and all this other stuff. So they feel like they're being held back with their freedom of speech rights. And so because they feel like they're being held back, they decided, you know what? We need another platform. Hence, Parler came up and all conservative people decided you know what we're tired of silicon valley censorship this is a better platform for us so they flocked over to parlor parlor is important because it also collects very little user data and shows information in a reverse chronological order so no algorithm decides what you actually see which is actually a good thing because one of the things that i hate with twitter with ig with any of these platforms is the fact that most of the time i don't actually see the post from people that I actually chose to follow, but rather, I see posts from other people, from random people, from people who the algorithm has decided that I should be seeing more of their stuff. It's good for when you're trying to reach out to new creators and trying to reach out and grow your brand and all those kind of things, but it's bad when I actually want to see the posts from my uncle and my auntie and my sister and my brother, and I can't actually see those posts. It's not good when it's run like that. And so Parler actually uses an old setting from Twitter and IG where you can literally see the posts from people that you actually follow and not just from what the algorithm deems that you should be following. It's gotten some big names to actually join the platform so far this so far this year with Fox Business News anchor Maria Bartiromo, I don't even know that who that is, but apparently she's a big name when it comes to a uh, conservative talk show. They've also got another guy named Dan Blagino, and of course they got the big guys, Senators Ted Cruz and Rand Paul to be part of the platform. So it's growing, it's massively growing. However, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it has added 10 million users But when you compare that to like Twitter, which has 187 plus billion users, it's a little different. And then you look at it compared to Facebook, which has about 1.8 billion daily users for both of these platforms. That's daily numbers, not people who have an account, daily users. So will Parler be around for the long term or is this just a flash in the pan because everybody is upset that hey, I want to spread it from misinformation and you're slapping a fact shell uh, seal on it. So that's, that's going to be interesting to pay attention to. Maybe we'll probably I probably won't pay attention to it. But I kind of want to create a, a parlor just to see what's going on on that side of things, just to see what the exciting things on that site is about. And plus, it would be a good way to expand the Rambling Mind show brand. Oh, which reminds me. Share the podcast if this is your first time around this part. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Give this podcast a five, five five-star review on whatever platform that you listen to it on. And please let me know, are you appreciating or do you enjoy the podcast in any which way from where you're listening to it? We like to ramble. I go on a lot of tangents and we talk about personal finance and investing. On Tuesdays, we talk about personal finance and investing topics. On Thursdays, we talk about business news, just like the one you're listening to right now. But before we close out this podcast, we got to answer the question of the week, which was what is free trade agreement or rather what is a free trade agreement? The reason why I bring up this question, first of all, is because while every one of us was over here watching DeAndre Hopkins have an amazing dunk on him, catch like, my God, that was unbelievable. First of all, first of all, I have a lot of shade to throw at all the Bills defender because what y'all doing? All y'all had to do was knock the ball down. How you going to let this man catch that thing how you gonna let this man dunk on you not just dunk on you like literally sun you he literally just went up got this thing and just sunned you how you gonna let this man do that am i salty because i lost the fantasy game because of that yes i am very salty because i lost fantasy due to that catch yes i'm salty but anyway while we're all watching that china was busy getting together 10 asian pacific countries to agree to a brand new trade deal it is called the regional comprehensive economic partnership why they call it that i don't know but either way it is a replacement of the trans-pacific partnership which was killed when the u.s left it in 2017 which would have been the largest trade agreement of its time it gave way for another country to step in namely china and lead the way so what is the what was the question what is a free trade agreement basically a free trade agreement is where countries determine that they're going to be able to trade with each other without the fear of tariffs without the fear of um angering each other just think of how the u.s and china right now are in a in a kind of trade war you will not have to deal with that when you have a free trade agreement think of the usmca agreement that happened earlier this year between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. It makes the moving of trade between these countries, makes the moving of goods a lot easier when you have a free trade agreement. It's what a lot of countries like to do. It's what the European Union has that makes the European Union so strong because it has an open border kind of system that allows people to go from country to country without the need for visas without the need for all these little things that impede you being able to do things very quickly and China being the second largest economy in the world decided hey if the US is not gonna step up and take this place well we're gonna take the place and you know we China we have a large economy and so the regional uh, comprehensive economic partnership my gosh i am not going to be able to say this name it's so hard it as 15 countries in it including australia new zealand and rivals japan and south korea that is a massive deal that china was able to get on terms with Jap- uh, with japan and south korea this has never happened before. There have been no kinds of free trade agreements between Japan, South Korea and China, which makes this a massive, massive deal. This is the, this trade agreement will form the largest free trade block in the world at the time of this podcast. The even bigger deal is that this allows China to come more on the world stage as a world leader, pushing even unusual or rather, pushing usual American allies to sign this agreement. This is just another challenge that Joe Biden will face in his first four years in office. How will he be able to create another agreement for trade that will put the U.S. at the center of the trade agreement? Which is one of the things that the U.S. has had going for it for years now is the fact that it has been basically at the center of every major trade agreement. It's basically decided and called out whatever trade agreement has happened and now that china has kind of stepped up into that gap because of everything that's been happening in the last four years we'll see what happens as we move forward but anyway that's all i got for y'all in this episode it was a little bit weird because i'm trying to do both a live stream at the same time as record the podcast But we'll see how this goes this time around. Let me know your thoughts. Hit me on up on socials. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on well, not really Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. And I'll leave y'all with a piece of sad news uh, before we leave out of here. The saddest news, but it's interesting and it's important, is Papa Powell is leaving the Federal Reserve at the end of the at the end of the year. If you don't know who Papa Powell is, Papa Powell is. Jerome Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, we like to call him Papa Powell around these parts because, you know, it just sounds better than calling him Jerome Powell, Federal Reserve Chairman. But he's leaving at the end of this year, and it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. Who's going to make the printer go brr? Like, man, it's sad. It's sad. We're so excited about Papa Powell because he did a lot of good things with the chair. I mean, I, I mean, he didn't really change much of anything, but one of the things that he did at the Federal Chair... Or rather at the federal reserve was he made it a lot more transparent and he made uh working towards the goal of more equality in the system a lot more better so it was going to be sad to see him go but hopefully we'll get somebody in there that will actually keep things moving in the positive direction but anyway oh and bitcoin hit another all-time high at seventeen thousand dollars a coin but who cares I'm just kidding. That's pretty massive. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. Thank you to each and every single one of y'all that has been listening to this. And remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.